0: I'm Mindy Peterson, and this is Enhanced Life with Music, an exploration of music's effect on our everyday lives. Next Monday is the last Monday in May, also known here in the U.S. as Memorial Day, a federal holiday honoring those who died while serving in the U.S. military. In honor of all men and women who have helped keep this country free, we're recognizing Memorial Day here on Enhanced Life with Music by taking a look at how music can serve those who serve our country in the military. With me today is Richard Casper, a United States Marine veteran. He's a Purple Heart recipient, an artist, and entrepreneur. Richard is the co founder and executive director of Creative Vets, a nonprofit that provides art, music, and writing programs for combat veterans with post traumatic stress and traumatic brain injuries. Richard was named one of Time Magazine's Next Generation Leaders. He's the feature of a Time documentary called Evidence of Things Unseen and was recognized by President George W. Bush and the Bush Institute for his passion and work helping combat veterans. Richard's military experiences and injuries in Iraq resulted in a traumatic brain injury and post-traumatic stress. He found art and songwriting to be therapeutic forms of expression, and he now uses them to help other combat wounded veterans heal. He also teaches art at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. Virginia Commonwealth University and the University of Southern California. He lives in Nashville, Tennessee with his wife Ashley and newborn son. Congratulations. And (laughs) dog Bentley. Welcome to the show, Richard.
1: Thanks so much. And you just reminded me I need to update. (laughs) Now that I have a newborn, I need to make sure I I put Barrett in there. (laughs)
0: Not Uh. just a fur father anymore.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Thanks.
0: Uh, Congratulations. Can you start off by telling us a little bit more about your personal connection with art and music? Did you try other methods of healing before discovering art and music? Or did you already have an artistic background before going into the service?
1: Yeah, before, and I always tell this to people, I was one of those people that would talk about not really... Especially music, I was not musically inclined at all, or at least thought I wasn't. Uh, before the Marine Corps, I tried to learn guitar twice, and it was pretty much just to try to pick up chicks, I think. So it just <laughs> it it never – Yeah, nope, because I didn't <laughs> learn it. Um, so I was never able to learn it. I never had like a passion for it. I felt like – And then with the arts, I was just good at drawing, and I think it's because I liked to doodle in high school. So that was pretty much the extent of it. And uh, I went to a school where there's only 22 kids in my graduating class. I had 1,100 people in my hometown, Mm -hmm. so super small farming community where art and music aren't big anyways. Like they don't teach it very much. And Mm -hmm. so I wouldn't have called myself artistic before war. But it was after when I was injured, my Humvee got blown up four separate times by IEDs in Iraq, and uh, my buddy was shot and killed beside me. So when I came home from war, I was really lost and didn't know what to do, and I just went to the VA – was looking for outlets, and I still remember talking to a psychiatrist and and telling him – And it was the first time I was going to be vulnerable. I've never talked about my experiences with anybody, and I just was saying, you know what? I need help, so I'm just going to tell him everything, and maybe he'll give me breathing techniques or maybe he'll say, you should go to this place or you should do this. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should try this. And after a whole hour of just breaking down, telling him everything, he tried to prescribe me some pills, and that was the only thing that he said to me. And so I was, from that moment on, I just kind of stopped going to the VA hospital, and I was just like, this this isn't going to help me. I don't know what to do, but I've always been very optimistic in life, so I said, you know what, I'm just going to enroll into college and try to be get into business and maybe Maybe this stuff will wear off. Maybe it'll just kind of it'll go away. It's just a transition thing. And it didn't. And I started getting really sick before classes. After I enrolled into a local community college, I would physically throw up before class. I, I had to do one-on-one speeches with my speech teacher because my anxiety started getting so bad. Mm-hmm. If uh, zero was killing myself and 100 was me before war, I was at a nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was in a bad place. And I said, you know what? since I'm failing these classes, I can't do business, but I still want to get a degree. What can I do? And honestly, I was like, I'll just get an easy degree in art. (laughs) I was good at drawing. This will be a cop out. I'll just do this for four years and then see what happens. And I ended up taking some basic drawing classes and some creative writing classes and ended up changing my life. It was honestly the best decision I've ever made because I found out how to tell my story without actually telling my story. Mm-hmm. My big problem was my anxieties and, and I wanted people to know about my gunner who was shot and killed beside me because I wanted you to know he lived and not that he died. But mm-hmm. as a six foot five combat marine, I was I didn't want to cry in front of anybody, so I didn't sure. want to tell anybody about Luke. But then I wanted to tell everybody about him. And so I was in this weird spot, but with art, I was able to do it all. I was able to put these pieces up on the wall, and people knew exactly what I was trying to say. And when I started doing the creative writing, it just, it just hit me that what if someone could come up to me, and when they ask me about Luke, then I could just give them a song and walk away. Mm-hmm. And now they'll know everything about him and my story, and I could feel confident that I shared it well enough. And so that's kind of what led me into the art world and into music. So, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't something I had ingrained in me
0: uh-huh. at first.
1: It's something I had to learn to use. And when I did, I just went all in. And that's the thing about it. You have to just go all in because I wasn't very good at first. But everything, I just put my whole heart into it because I knew it was healing my heart. Mm. And so in the long run, it ended up doing pretty well for me.
0: Wow. Well, I almost feel like we could wrap up the interview right there because that was so powerful. It was so touching and meaningful. And one thing that you touched on that is a huge part of your therapy that you do now through creative Vets is you recognize that the sessions can be structured to allow participants to express their thoughts, express their feelings without having to verbalize or directly confront the trauma and graphically rehash that.
1: Yeah, you can – the best thing about the arts that a lot of veterans don't understand yet until they get into it is that you could hide so much into an art piece or into a song that nobody nobody would ever know unless you told them. To Mm. to other people, these words sound like some kind of generalized tragedy, like – you know, I lost my mind out on the highway, Mm -hmm. but really what if you just got hit by a car and now you have a three week memory and that's why you wrote that lyric. Mm. So some people see that as like, Oh yeah, I could see how, you know, he can lose his mind just, you know, being on the highway all the time. But then other people who, who he tells to know that it's so, so perfect onto his story. I don't know. It's just something amazing by it. And that's what, that's ultimately what healed me. And that's when I, when, when I first thought of the idea for Creative events to help other comet vendors to heal these vendors who may never have thought art and music were an option, and a lot of them who don't want to do art and music, I said, Well, how do I almost trick them into doing art? Like how mm-hmm. do I get them excited about it like I did? And so I set up these programs to be pretty much like nobody wants to turn them down. Mm-hmm. So like Creative events covers the flights, the food, the housing, everything. We cover all the pay from A veteran anywhere in the country, and we fly them to Nashville, Tennessee, and they get to write backstage at the Grand Ole Opry with number one songwriters about what they went through in war for the first time. Ah. So you have these veterans who are like, you know, I had to do this over in Iraq, or or, I saw this, or I watched my buddy die. I can't talk about this, and I don't know what to do about it. And then I say on the other side of the phone, like – hey, well, I'm a I'm a combat Marine, and I lost my buddy, and I have a brain injury, and these these things happen to me too. And when you get to Nashville, I'm going to be the one that's here to pick you up. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, we just built that bond, that that cultural competency, realizing that it's peer-to-peer and that he trusts me, I trust him. And I'm like, and here's the cool thing. If you're willing to tell me your story, we're going to sit backstage at the Grand Ole Opry and write a song with the number one songwriter. So, these are things that vendors can't turn down. Mm-hmm. So, There's 20 suicides a day in the veteran space, and 14 of those 20 don't actually seek help. Mm. So even though there's a lot of clinical work that works out there, the veterans aren't going to it because they don't want to. They don't feel like they need to. But what we're finding through our programs is we're getting veterans who have never sought help before because Mm. it's a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. But once they get here, they have to talk about something that's hard to talk about. Mm -hmm. And that's where it really – like we're really strategic in how we – place veterans with veterans. So if a Marine applies, we try to place them with a Marine mentor. So we give them a battle buddy throughout the whole process. So they tell war stories to each other. And when they get in that room, they realize that like, if the veteran who came there to tell his story, can't tell it, the mentor helps him tell it in his own perspective. So he gets still gets the song that he wants. And then, then at at the end of it, it's, it's just the veterans like so thankful for the other mentor who's helping him tell his story. And it's just a beautiful moment because it's really hard to get, a songwriter who's a civilian to just work with a veteran and be like, Hey, what's the worst thing that ever happened to you?
0: Uh, (laughs) It's it's just
1: not going to work. But when you have another veteran on the other line who says, hey, I was blown up, what happened to you? And they say, I watched my friend die. Then it's like, we're going to write about that and I'm going to help you do that. Mm-hmm. That's when you get the most success because now you, you're you confident, you feel like you have a battle buddy, you have someone there who's going through something that you went through, you're all healing at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's just really easy for them to let go.
0: Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about the process. You said that the veteran, the participant travels to Nashville, they're met by another veteran. And then they yes. also, so is it a three-person uh, situation where they're meeting? the two veterans together plus the songwriter
1: so, yes we actually pair them with two pro songwriters and we so we'll fly in five veterans at once mm. so on right right before everything happened the pandemic happened it was i think it was march march 1st or 2nd before people were telling people not to leave their house yeah. we, we hosted five veterans in nashville one vietnam veteran and four iraq afghanistan veterans so all five of them flew in on this first day it's a four-day trip Mm. So, the first day is them connecting with their mentors for the first time. Before that they've already had two phone calls to really bond with them over the phone. Mm. but this is the first in person meeting. So they kind of break off and they talk with each other they tell they keep on like, "Oh my gosh, like this is you okay, <laughs> this yeah. is a, we're, we're meeting uh-huh. and it's a really cool experience. but then they start talking about their song. Then we have a curated writer's round. So, and for the people who don't know what writers rounds are, they're very unique to Nashville, but they're expanding all over the country where these, where these songwriters, it's free in Nashville every night of the week, three or four songwriters get up on stage and they sing a song and they tell a story behind the song. And then it's a really cool way to see what the, the song that they wrote, the story behind it. And a lot of them are. Number one songwriters, and they say, like the guy who wrote uh, Friends in Low Places, Uh he'll get up and tell the story about how that song came to be, and then he'll play the song. Uh It's just a really cool way for veterans to understand that songwriting isn't one way. So they don't hear a song, they don't just think, my buddy died. Uh Now they think, oh, I could write a song from the perspective of the gun that killed him. Like Uh that kind of stuff, like that. So it really opens up their minds. So Uh we had three pro songwriters who do a writer's round. So that night we had johnny Bulford, who wrote woman like you and lonely eyes so he has two number one hits and so he did the writers round that night at anthem music which is a label here in town uh-huh. and then the next day after they've all you know they had fun the first day but it was really about connecting the next morning we went to the grand old opry backstage through the artist entrance we had five separate dressing rooms where all five veterans went into with their mentors and then we had 10 songwriters and in this bunch we had charlie who who is a big-time artist and songwriter, and we had Eric from Love and Theft, as well as a bunch of other just huge number one writers in town. Mm. So they all went backstage with these veterans, and they individually told each one of their stories. And Mm. so by 4 p.m. that night, we went in at 10 a.m., all those veterans had songs that they never had before that told their story. So they come out on cloud nine, just all these things that they said they never thought they had words for that they couldn't tell their wives Mm. about they're sending these songs to their wives and to their family. Like the first person they're sending it to are the people they said they've never tell these stories to. Well,
0: and it's really neat to read some of their, the family members quotes on your website too. I mean, obviously this really is helpful for the family members too.
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. That's one of the biggest things. is, is when we get to hear like daughters and and mothers and, and uh, sister-in-law and just all these people write in saying, I never knew he thought like this or, This is just crazy, but it's so awesome that I know them a little bit better now Mm -hmm. and that we can talk about this stuff. And what we're doing in those sessions is we're – and I think you had an expert on this already, but remapping their brain. So we're Mm -hmm. legitimately remapping their brain with the music. So they Mm -hmm. go in there thinking this is a negative experience. I don't want to talk about this. And we're repurposing that memory. So that emotion that they felt when they went through this situation, say they had to shoot a little kid or they watched their friend die, they're, they're living with that emotion. So when they bring that back up in the writing session and they finish with the song, they're so excited that they have a song that, you know, 10 months down the road when they remember that experience about the kid or about their friend, they actually remember the songwriting session because it was the last Mm -hmm. time that they brought up that emotion. And so now it's a good emotion. Uh And it's crazy because most of these veterans will call me and be like, this is so weird, but I don't feel anything anymore. When I think about this situation, I'm like, that's a good thing. (laughs) You don't feel sad or angry. You feel awesome. And so that's what we're doing in that situation. But they leave there with that song. They're feeling, they're feeling so good. And so that night we take them to a writer's round again so they can hear the way that they listen to music differently. Mm. Because the moment you've written a song, Uh then you start listening to songs differently. You say, who wrote that line or how did they get to this point? Uh, Because you've seen it. You've been behind the scenes Of a songwriting session. Uh
0: Uh-huh. Wow. And so
1: then, so that night's over. So that's second day done. So it's already been super awesome. (laughs) It's like, how do you top that? Well, then the third day we'll do, uh, we have a a little family breakfast and then we'll do a songwriting class. Like just more detail because they were in there telling their story and having a song written for them. Uh But we want to actually teach them kind of. How to actually write a song because we want them to continue wow, doing songwriting. Great, great. And then we'll go to a family lunch, and then we all go to the Ruckus Room, which is a recording studio here, and we have the best session musicians in town record all five songs mm. and so all the five vendors are sitting in these in these chairs in this, in, at the recording studio and they get to hear each other's song come to life with music oh, wow. and so i mean it's a full limited pressing of these songs so i mean they're they're top quality songs uh-huh. um and recordings and so then after that they get to all go to the Grand Ole Opry for a show on that Tuesday night and so they go backstage oh, and they cool. get to meet the artists and just hang out and they get to sit in the pews right behind the stage <laughs> and so then that night's over and then the next day we do like a little wrap up of everything that just happened and we talk about the programming how we want to promote them to continue songwriting keep telling their story because it's going to keep healing them and we sign off with a uh, we do this photo shoot with a guy named Jason Myers, who's a famous photographer here in Nashville. Okay. He's photographed like Muhammad Ali,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, Willie Nelson, pretty much everyone in the in the country music scene. Okay, and he does self portraits of all of them for free, just yeah. to give them something to remember the moment that they had in Nashville. And then they all fly out. But everything's paid for. We we pay 100% of everything so they get this experience.
0: That is awesome. Well, and I didn't realize until you're just describing it that this is a group situation. So it's not just one person. But there's a bunch of them doing this together. And I imagine that makes it even more fun and more meaningful and more therapeutic and allows them to open up even more.
1: And that's the thing. It used to be just me. So for the first 80 veterans that came to town, it was just me. Okay. <laughs> I would pick them up from the airport. It was a three day session, just me and the veteran hanging out, doing our writing session. And we, we got a grant that helped us expand the songwriting program because that's what I wanted to expand it. So, you know, they're, they're writing individual songs and they're doing it by themselves. But they haven't shared experience. So they're still driving from point A to point B with people. Even though they're spending one-on-one time with their mentor, they're mm-hmm. still interacting with everybody during these other events. Mm-hmm. So it gives them a way when they leave here that they have a bunch of people to lean on mm-hmm. and be like, that that was my cohort. We all did yeah. this together. And so it's still not – they're not doing group sessions. They're all very individualized, but they are doing it in a group, like the Mm -hmm. whole experience, which is very powerful.
0: Sure. Well, and one thing that's neat about what you're doing is it is incredibly therapeutic, but it doesn't have any kind of a therapeutic stigma associated with it. You are very open to getting help when you are in that situation yourself. As you mentioned, a lot of people aren't, or they don't recognize their need for it. And as much as we want to get rid of that stigma around mental health, it can still be there for people and this doesn't have any of that and yet it's incredibly helpful
1: oh yeah and that's my advice to almost any anybody trying to help people that don't want help is I say there, there's friction points to everything and so and that's what at least what I call them friction points so a veteran who is seeking help that doesn't want help but knows that they need it there's gonna be a ton of friction points so for one it could be money so they, don't, they can't mm. actually get to the location. So how do you do that? You cover that. You're right. like, we're going to pay for their flight. Some mm-hmm. could be just location. They could live in Alaska and say, how do I get you know, with the Nashville Songwriter? Well, we're providing your flight out here. The other one is, what, what about my, I need someone that I could trust. I need a battle buddy. And that's why we pair them up with a mentor. So all these things are friction points. And one of the biggest ones, though, is that word therapy and mm-hmm. saying like, oh, well, I don't think I actually need help. I don't need therapy and be like, well, this isn't therapy. Sure. Everything that we do, art, you can have a dog or you can have a therapy dog. One's very specific, but they both actually provide you with the therapy. Mm. Just having the animal with you is very therapeutic. So what I say with the arts and music is we're being very intentional about the education so that it becomes therapeutic. Mm-hmm. So we're not doing art therapy, music therapy, we're doing music that becomes therapy for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I think it's neat too how your service and your program is not just for people who have survived IEDs or things like that. It, it's also for people with survivor guilt or just struggling with transitioning. And there is the focus on post-traumatic stress and brain injuries, but it's not limited to that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's whatever they need to say. We've had We had three Marines that went through the same exact situation in Iraq, and they all wrote three completely different. Songs mm-hmm. because you never you you can't treat PTSD as like a one you know one fix like oh I found this acupuncture works for everybody mm-hmm, <laughs> or true. art works for everybody you have to get so in the weeds with what they truly need to say and most veterans don't know what they need to say yet mm-hmm. uh, when I wrote my very first song I thought it was what I needed to say but it wasn't until I started helping other veterans that's when I found out what I really needed to say so that's why having this mentor or the battle buddy is a huge help because the veterans are like, I don't know what to write about. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's fine. We're going to actually help you figure out what you need to write about. And so that those whole, the phone calls that they do. And when they get here, that's all them saying, Hey, is this what you really need to say? Is this, is this truly what you need to say? I noticed that you, you mentioned your dad like four times. Is that going to be the most important thing? Should we, Mm -hmm. should we maybe write this song about him now? Uh And so we're really pushing it. So they're like, Oh, Oh, actually, yeah, I don't think I've ever really talked about this, but I really want to talk about this part of it. So Mm -hmm. we've had veterans write hellos to their daughter for the first time because they hadn't seen them pretty much in 10 years. Mm. (laughs) We've had veterans write about their child abuse that led to a heightened PTSD through war. So, again, it's not about just that one situation. It's about what they ultimately need to say.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and as we mentioned before, I can see how this would be so helpful in easing their transition back home or just communicating with loved ones. One of the quotes on your site was from a participant who said, "The song gave me a chance to tell my daughter something I could never quite figure out how to do. I felt as if I was put in a position where, even if I had said the words to her face to face, it didn't have nearly as much impact as the song did, and it definitely brought her closer to me again." And that was just really touching. And there's so many quotes. Like that, listeners should check out the website and tell us what the website is for Creative. Yeah,
1: it's creativevets.org org, and a lot of people get confused and they'll put like Creative and then Vets as two words, but we're one word. So if you just spell out Creative and you add ts at the end of it, creativevets.org. dot mm-hmm. org.
0: Great. So yeah, listeners, check out the website. There's all of your social media links on there too. I'll include them also in the show notes. But Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You have a YouTube channel. I'm going to also link to the Evidence of Things Unseen, the Time documentary that you were featured in. I ask all my guests to give listeners what I call an improv, try-this-at-home or an experiment, a suggestion to enhance listeners' lives with music. Do you have a recommendation today for our listeners?
2: Yeah,
1: especially with the transition to everybody being online now. And I uh-huh. think the pandemic, the one thing it actually heightened was just people understanding that they could still reach out and and hear live music anytime yeah. from the comforts of their own home. Yeah. And uh, so it's kind of changed the music industry and the way that they're doing stuff. So I really I really promote Writer's Rounds, which is what I talked about earlier, because uh-huh. if you've never listened to a Writer's Round, it's so cool to hear the story and it just gives you so much more impact and knowledge on the songwriting process that it helps you become more creative and think about more ideas of songs that you may want to write. Yeah. But really right now is going into finding some of your favorite artists and make sure that you're following them on the social medias because they're all doing free live shows. Even mm. Charlie Warsham, who's one of the best musicians in the country was given a guitar class for free online just through his Instagram because everyone's trying to be online right now. <sighs> so if, if people haven't discovered that their favorite musicians or songwriters are on doing these live shows, definitely do that.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> Great idea. I'm going to throw out a little bonus improv, too, for any of you listeners who are songwriters. Richard co-founded a company that made this really neat free app called We Should Write Sometime. So if any of you listeners are songwriters, it's kind of like Tinder for songwriters. Tell us just real quick about We Should Write Sometime.
1: Yeah, it actually spun from this idea that I used to come to Nashville every single time I brought a veteran, and I would have to try to find two songwriters per veteran. And this is when we I didn't know anybody, so... I was hustling and hustling. I went out every single night till like 3 a.m. in Nashville to these writers rounds to wait to hear a pro songwriter sing a song and I'd wait till he was done or she was done and I'd go up there and say, Hey, will you write with a veteran? And so I thought to myself, there's gotta be a better way to connect and to find songwriters. And when I started songwriting myself, I would fly out to LA and write with some people out there, and they they'd be jealous of what we had in Nashville. And I was like, it's still kind of hard in Nashville. But I totally understand how it would be hard in L.A. So I came up with this idea that why isn't there a way to connect kind of like Bumble or Tinder where you could just put a songwriter profile online. You have like your photo, but you have if you do melody, top line, if you do lyrics, if you play guitar, if you do all these different things. So and then you could put your music on there. So now you're getting exactly what you need from someone else. If I say, hey, I'm really good with lyric and hooks, I just need someone really good with melody, mm-hmm. I could sit in my home right now and I could swipe. There's over 3,000 downloads and there's over 1,000 people in Nashville. And so I could sit at home now and just swipe left or right on profiles of songwriters that I match with. And now I could do an online Skype write. I could just go and we can connect after the pandemic. <laughs> we could connect <laughs> and write in person. But the coolest feature is that even though I'm in Nashville, I could geolocate my songwriting profile to L.A., And I could start writing with L.A. songwriters. Mm. So say I'm, you know, I'm a pop guy stuck in Nashville. I could still be stuck in Nashville and write with pop people in L.A. Mm. So it's just something I wanted to give back to the community. I knew it was a need. Uh And so we just filled that need.
0: Awesome. Yeah, very cool. I'll put a link to that app in there, too. We're going to close out our conversation with a song, a musical ending. I call it a coda. Can you tell us a little bit about the song that we're going to be listening to here?
1: Yeah, I mentioned a little bit earlier, kind of because I knew this song was going to be played. Um, that high, that mention of uh, "Lost My Life Out on the Highway," yeah, or "Lost My Mind on the Highway." That's actually a lyric in a song that I wrote with a friend of mine, and he's actually a civilian. And so, while I was in, you know, I was running around Nashville trying to find songwriters. People know who I was at that time, saying, you know, this guy, he has a brain injury, he's a veteran, helping other veterans. I had a friend approach me saying, "Hey, I have this guy. He's not a veteran, but he has a severe traumatic brain injury. He was hit by a car, and uh, he can't remember. He has like a three-week memory, mm-hmm. and he's just doing horrible. He doesn't talk well. He doesn't. He walks with a limp. He he's depressed more than anybody I've ever seen. But he still loves music. Can you work with him?" And I actually put it off for a really long time, where I because I, I felt like I was already overstretched. I wasn't mm-hmm. my nonprofit wasn't that successful, so I wasn't taking a salary. I was just helping pretty much volunteering all my time for that and then one day I just you know what I met with him I said hey man I'm not sure if I could do do anything for you but I would love to just let's just write a song together and he thought his brain didn't work well enough to do that to write a song and so I was like well let's just let's talk about what you need to say and he kept he was telling me his story and so I came up with a few ideas and he kind of got excited about it and then We started writing it, and then we made this transition in the song to where he sent me something about his memories. And then I got this idea for I'm just chasing memories because that's really what you're doing with a brain injury is you're constantly trying to chase down these memories. Mm -hmm. And uh, we wrote this song in a way that every single line is pretty much about him being hit by this car and having this brain injury and suffering from it. But if you listen to this before you heard that story, you would never know that Mm. this song is so powerful that now. So he went from he didn't have Facebook. He didn't have a car. He didn't have a girlfriend. He didn't really have a social life to now. He hosts his own songwriters round in Nashville every single week called uh, Chasing Melodies. And he has a wife and a baby. And he drives and he has all the social medias. And it's legitimately saved his life and changed his life. And so that is probably one of the most powerful things I've ever been able to be a part of. And all it took was just writing his story because he found out that the TBI wasn't such a bad thing and he found out he was starting to share with people. He yeah. didn't want people to know he had a TBI, but then he started sharing with people. Yeah. Then he started meeting other people with TBIs and just mm. it just kept going. It's like that little, you just plant a little seed and it grows and he grew into be a big old tree. So, <laughs>
2: uh-huh.
1: And oh, the crazy thing is too, he's actually the one singing it and before when you met him he legitimately couldn't talk very well he had like a stutter and kind of but when he because he moved to nashville to be a singer songwriter and then he thought he couldn't do that anymore after the injury Mm -hmm. but we we surprised him we wrote it with a another friend of ours named jesse and jesse was singing on it and then when we brought brian up we're like hey by the way we're gonna have you sing this and he kind of freaked out at first but he sang it and he absolutely killed it it's Uh incredible
2: can't find. It's like I lost my peace of mind out on the road. I hit a crossroads. You can't get back up until you fall. Have you ever lost it all felt so low? Yeah, I know how that goes. I see it in your eyes when you look at me. Highways don't have any signs And most days there just Ain't much gas in the tank I live my life day to day And sometimes things don't go my way It takes all I have To stay off of the brakes Wrong turns my lead To a few dead ends But that's the price I pay To get back to where I've been where the path leads I don't know the roads don't always Take you home Unfortunately But that's where I will i don't know roads don't always take you home unfortunately but that's where i It's like I lost my peace of mind out on the road
0: a powerful song and story of how music played a role in healing and rising above a traumatic brain injury. My mom suffered a TBI in a car accident in 1994, so that song is especially touching for me and I'm sure for anyone else also who has experienced an injury like that up close and personal. Thank you so much to Richard for sharing his story with us today, for sharing the song, and for all he does to enhance lives with music for those who serve our country. As we celebrate Memorial Day next Monday, my heartfelt gratitude goes out to all of you who have helped keep our country free through your military service. And I include the young adult generation in that thank you as well. I have a neighbor with a couple kids in the military academies. And one of my daughter's good friends is graduating from high school and heading to the Naval Academy next month. And it really gives me a sense of pride in our country's next generation to see these incredibly bright, smart, young people dedicating themselves to serving our country. So thank you. And speaking of bright and shiny young people, I just have to share how music affected and enhanced my life today. My students are all preparing for our end of the year spring piano recital. And this year, like most other spring events, the recital is going virtual. So students are putting the finishing touches on their songs right now and then recording their performances in their own homes and sending the videos to me so I can put them all together into a YouTube recital. And today I received the very first two video submissions and I have been smiling ever since. The theme for this year's recital is Moments in Time. It's a celebration of seasons, beginnings and endings, and milestones in life. One of the students who sent their video in today played Pomp and Circumstance, which is played at graduations. And even though he's a fifth grader, he took it upon himself when he was introducing his song to personally congratulate the class of 2020, which I thought was so classy and sweet. The other student who sent in a video today is a first grader who played a song called Scream on Halloween by Wendy Stevens, and he was dressed in a suit and bow tie. (laughs) So there is just not much that is more delightful than watching these videos. They're so cute and so sweet. Let me know how music has affected your everyday life recently. You can connect with me on my website, social media, or email. All the links are on my website, mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast slash episode 43. There is a link in the episode details right in your podcast app. While you're there, you can also let me know if you have any words of wisdom on working with YouTube playlists, which is how I'm going to be doing my recital. I do not spend much time on YouTube, so this will be a new experience for me. Thank you for joining me today. Best wishes for your Memorial Day celebrations, and until next week, may your life be enhanced with music.